Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. All right, well, we are going to ha- have a great opportunity to hear from the Argentina missions trip, so I'm going to turn it over to John. Okay, ven adelante, equipo. Come on. Um, I, we are the sermon this morning. And so settle in because if you haven't been part of Mercy Hill for a while or you're just here for the first time, welcome. We're really glad you're here. You get the feel, I hope, that this is a family. We love Jesus and you're welcome whether you, whether you know him or not. Uh, we are part of a larger team that was down in Argentina for the past week, uh, kind of on a one week deployment, uh, on behalf of the church here. And, uh, during the, the recent months and going ahead for several months, as a church, we're digging deep into Jesus's teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew chapter five through seven. And we're seeing a lot of his manifesto of the way heaven's kingdom comes to earth and what it looks like to live and belong and be part of Jesus's kingdom. And last Sunday, uh, if you were here, if not, it will be available online. Dave Prince from Living Word Church preached uh, that you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. It's Matthew chapter 5 verses 12 through 6, sorry, 13 through 16. And, and we're just right in those same verses this week. We're going to share some stories from our experience. I'm going to crack open those verses a little more for our own application here together. Uh, and so I, I want to start just by taking a look at what the Bible has to say in those verses. So uh, if we could, Sarah, there it is. Um, and, and it, actually we should probably move so we're not blocking people's reading the bottom of it. And, and I just want to invite us to read these out loud together. I don't know what translation your Bible is, whether it's a various English translation, maybe it's in Espanol, maybe it's a different language altogether, but let's read these out loud together. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And brothers and sisters, here's the thing. Being the light of the world is not a project for us. It's our identity. So just pause and say to that person next to you, you're the light of the world. God has placed us in the world to light up the world so that people would see Jesus through us. And and so uh, we're going to share a bit with you guys about the trip, starting with some slides and some photos and a chance for you to kind of get your head around it a bit. And and guys, as I kind of roll us through this, interrupt. If, if there's a spot where you're like, John, I can't believe you're just blowing over that and you want to say something, do that. And then each of us have something more to share as a, as part of that as well. So I mentioned there was a team of seven of us uh, from our LifeLink Chicago churches who went together. Um, there's Jocelyn here on the left, and then Jesus, um, Jessica Neely, who's you know part of Crosspoint Church as her church family, but she works here for us part time as our children's ministry assistant. Lacey Blonde in the Run DMC t-shirt. Uh, so worship leader over at Hope Church. We've got our very own Courtney Condis there. 
Uh, we got the gray-haired guy. Um, then there's uh, Miguel, one of our Argentine brothers, and Dan Hubbard. Dan's part of Cross Point Church down in Crown Point, part of our family of churches. And he's just returned with his family to the U.S. about a year ago from five years of church planning in Peru. It was a total blessing in the team. And, and so that's a bit of the who's who. Um, for better or worse, this is some of the what's what. Um, but let me just give you some background context here. Um, we've been interacting with churches in Argentina since 1999. Uh, as a church, Mercy Hill, we value the continuity and consistency of our relationships in our overseas partnerships. But this year was the first time that we've gone back to the same town in back-to-back years. So in July of 2017, we had folks from this church and our, our lifelink churches down in Argentina serving with the same church and working together. And that church was started less than two years ago by Javier and Elizabeth Uboldi. And many of you know Javier. He's been in your home. You shared good food here with him or heard him speak. And they started a new church in their hometown less than two years ago. And we went and we served with them uh, for what they call their Semana Intensiva de Servicio. It's their intensive week of service. And it's a great way to describe it because it wasn't a mission week. Mission is our lives all the time. But it was an intensive week of service for them. And we didn't come and kind of serve for them. Everything we did, we were serving with the church. And guys, the church there, they were all in committed with us. Right? I mean, the ladies who were cooking in the kitchen to, to feed all of us, they just moved in and slept with us. And their husbands were home with the kids. It was dynamic. And the guys, they were getting up in the morning, making sure kids got to school or taking care of and coming and working on this roof that's behind us. Um, so for us, it was a mission trip. For them, it was an all-church, all-hands-on-deck week of serving and local mission. And it was dynamic. Um, and so we had several projects that they had lined up that we said, sure, we'll serve with that. We'll serve with you for that. And one of those involved this roof. In their town, there's a facility uh, that serves as a center for therapy for children with a variety of disabilities, uh, developmental disabilities, physical disabilities. They do occupational therapy. They do physical therapy. They do family counseling uh, for the households. And they're crammed into this little three-room uh, clinic shop uh, in a back neighborhood in town. And we, we got to visit them there. What we were there to do included working on a much larger building that the city has offered to let them use, but which is currently a total dump. The roof, well, the roof, uh, it leaked. <laughs> we thought we were going to patch a roof. Uh, we got there, and the guys in the Argentine church said, it's not patchable. We got to tear that roof off and pour a new concrete roof, and we're doing it all by hand. So, uh, next slide. Uh, the, the picture on the left, I know it's a little hard to see. It, it's there to show you why it was so important to do the roof, because there's standing water on the floor underneath, and there's droplets of water coming down from the ceiling above, even though it's not raining. And, and the facility, guys, it's going to be a great facility. But when we got there, it was a mess. Um, and, and these things of sand, Jesus, how many were there? They're, they're stacked up. It's as tall as you are. And there's all this sand. And we walked up and we realized it's going to be a lot of work. Because every bucket of sand 
is getting mixed into concrete by hand, and it's going up on the roof by hand to get poured. You got the, you got it, you got it now. Yes, uh, and so, um, and and we have been told we were going to do some painting. So we're like, okay, we're up for that. We're going to do some painting. Um, we got there and we realized. Next slide. Oh, sorry. This is you know how we go about doing the the work there, right? Concrete, mix it. Jesus was a bucket master, making sure that the guy who was doing the mixing always had what he needed, making his life easier, serving, making it work. Next slide. And so uh, Jocelyn's shoveling the concrete, filling the buckets. Um, Jesus and I are swinging buckets up to the roof. Jesus is feeding the pigs, I mean slopping the concrete out onto the uh, onto the roof and getting it done. Next slide. And we were told we were going to do some painting. We're like, okay. We figured we'd be painting inside, but there was no painting to do inside in the condition inside was. Instead, we, we scraped, sanded, cleaned up, and painted this wall. And you're like, okay, that's great. Well, that wall was in a completely overgrown courtyard. And so first we clear cut the courtyard. Uh, to get rid of all the little scrub trees and the grass that was high as your waist and cut it down. Then they scraped and sanded and prepped the wall, not just to put a coat of white paint on it, next slide, um, but to do a mural. And it's about a 16-foot tall, 20-foot wide section of wall, next slide. And here's the mural the gals did there. Partnering together, we had a couple of Argentine artists come and sketch it out and then filled it in. I'm going to jump in. Because when we got there and we saw the wall, even after the white paint, um, we didn't know what mural was going on. And we thought that, like, we were going to have to come up with, like, a mural to put up there. And we literally prayed. We're like, Lord, like, I'm not artistic, not artistic. Lacey's like, well, maybe I could write some song lyrics on there or something. But we prayed because we didn't know. The next day, um, two people came. Pamela and Juan, and I mean, everyone might have known that that was planned, but we did not, and he's like, well, I have an idea of what we're going to do, and he just came to the site with a, he couldn't buy chalk because the um, stores closed from about one to four, and so he just picked up a, a rock, like a scrap piece of brick, and sketched out on the white wall this mural, and we're like, Lord, thank you. And, and and I guess we haven't mentioned that we only had one ladder that we had to share between the roof work and the painters. <laughs> and, uh, so it took a lot of cooperation and, and really good teamwork. Um, and so when the, when the architect, chief architect from the city came out, she was so touched by the mural because it's, it's unnecessary. It's not a structural requirement, but it's a beauty that speaks to the families when they come in. She was so touched by the mural. She said, that is beautiful. You need to be really careful with all the rest of your work and not damage it, you know. Um, and and the work on the roof was happening to a completely higher standard than anybody expected. Because when the city said, oh, it'd be great you know, if the church would be willing to do some roof repairs and do it for free, they're like, okay, you know, we usually take the low bidder and this is free. And so even if they do kind of a crummy job of patching it and it only lasts a year, hey, we're still a year ahead, right? So when the architect came and, and saw the way the work was being done, she was blown away. 
the official, oh, next slide. Um, there's, there's the roof when we're done. Um, it's, we poured three different layers of different kinds of concrete, kind of coated it with three coats of an impermeable fiber paint. It's gonna, it's to last a generation, not just patch it. And, and that's kingdom folks. Uh, it is that we're not trying to get in and get out doing as little as possible. We want to leave a deposit that is going to be a difference maker. And, and it was so neat seeing the Lord bring blessings to our brothers and sisters from the church who are giving themselves to serve. It happens that a lot of the leaders in their church are self-employed guys who are in the trades. And a lot of them have been really short on work recently. It's just been tough. Argentina's economy is in a downslide. Uh, the currency has dropped 50% against the dollar in the last six months. <clears throat> and so it's a huge, difficult time. And uh, two of the guys who are working with us run construction companies. It, it's kind of individual. They get the business. They might get a few guys as part-time laborers to help them on the jobs, but they're self-employed contractors. And the guy from the city who was in charge of, oh, actually, even before that, we started the week of work. They started getting phone calls. I mean, naturally speaking, there was no connection to what we were doing. Suddenly, they started getting jobs starting to line up during the week that we were there. Some of them needed to leave the work we were doing, and other brothers from the church jumped in so that each other could go and follow up leads for work that they hadn't had in the last few months. And the official from the city who was in charge of uh, the facilities and business and and the contracts for building in the city came out and inspected the roof, he said, I want these two construction companies, the guys in the church who run construction companies, you need to start bidding on city contracts because we want people like you doing our kind of work. And Miguel, who is in the photo with the rest of our team uh, up on the roof at the end when I showed you that photo at the beginning, um, somebody he had done some work for a few months ago called him up during the week and gave him a motorcycle. And, and hey, Jesus, how about that guy who just pulled up on his bicycle at the beginning of the week? He just, a guy pulled up when we were working, and he just pulled up and started saying blessings upon the building, that it was going to do great things, that everyone here who's who's helping is going to be blessed. It was just a random guy, and no one really knew. The the pastor, Javier, was like, what's going on? Everybody was kind of like, what? So it was, it was a good feeling. And it was, it was really super neat to see God blessing our brothers and sisters in these very tangible ways while they were giving themselves to serve. Okay, well, uh, we did more than concrete. You know, concrete takes time to dry. And so we'd, we'd work on the building hard in the mornings, morning being until like lunchtime at 1 o'clock, and then couldn't put another coat on, couldn't do more on that until the next day. And so we were doing a lot of people ministry through the afternoons as well. And so... What we did was we got alongside other ministry opportunities that people in the church were already involved in. And so uh, one lady in the church, her name's Mirta, volunteers at an after-school program. It's kind of a boys and girls club in a poor neighborhood. And she asked, could we come and do some things for the kids there? We said, what did we say? Yep. <laughs> you know, and, and really, guys, I can't say enough about these guys. They didn't say no. All week long. Everything was yes, yes, and yes. Whatever opportunities or things came our way, like, okay, we'll do that too. And, and so, uh, here we're doing skits, dramas, playing games with the kids. We were sharing our testimonies with them. Uh, the guy who was the coordinator there, uh, explained to us that he wasn't a Christian, 
but he was happy for us to come and share all of these things. And uh, it was really a special time with them. Here, these are slides of where we took the mission team last year. It was slightly on the other side of town from where we, where we were working this year, but still walking distance from where we were sleeping. And, and we got to go back. It's a Head Start daycare program for kids from this poor neighborhood from basically birth to four years old. And one year ago, our team came in and we did an extreme makeover on their building. We painted every surface in the place. We pulled all the toys out. We washed them with bleach. We patched the roof. We fixed the ceilings. Uh, we painted a mural on the front uh, of it that would just be kid-friendly and kind of fun. And we didn't get to meet or interact with a single child who was part of the daycare because they had us do it on a week they were shut down because we we took over the place. So we did all of this work and we didn't interact with any of the people that the work was touching. But remember these verses we just read? Jesus saying that they'll see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. All they got to see a year ago was the works, the physical, tangible work. It was so great to come back as a team this year and interact with the kids and the staff and the people. And praise God, the work still looked new. It was fantastic. It still looks brand new. And we got to hang out with the kids. And and Maui here, I mean, Jesus, was just the absolute magnet for these kids. We did a dance party with Marty the Puppet. Uh, We did question and answer. There's only so much you can do with the little kids. But, man, we shared the love of Jesus with them. And the director... Uh, has been there. She's been there 30 years. And she explains to us that there's kids in the program now that are born to adults who were kids in the program when they were kids. And she explains that the work we did there last year really revived her own heart for continuing to labor because year by year, the facility was getting kind of lower and lower and worse and worse. And when we refreshed the, gave it a facelift last year, it refreshed her and the other workers and everyone there as well. And it's opened an ongoing door from a year ago for the church to be in ministering every Tuesday morning. And and that is really special. We came in for a week. We worked with them, did a bunch of physical work. But now there's been ongoing relationship, people ministry, sharing the love of Jesus every Tuesday with folks from the church. All right. So in addition to those kind of structured ministries and opportunities, next slide, uh, we shared our stories together. We shared our testimonies, talked about what Jesus has done in our lives back and forth as brothers and sisters with others in the church. We sang, we worshiped together, we prayed. Did I mention we prayed? And we just kept praying for, here we are, we're just praying with each other, praying for each other. Uh, they fed us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, Tim. Uh, yeah, but we, we enjoyed it. It was good. Any other vegetarians in the group? We apologize for half a cow. Uh, up there, but they wanted to bless us, and that's one of the love languages uh, that they use. We did some serious eating. So, uh, Jocelyn, you want to pick up from here? You guys, you guys were negotiating. Whoever wants to go, I'm not fussing. All, all I wanted to say was um, thank you to like my wife Sarah, Karen, Ryan. As much as we were out there serving, Dan's wife, they were serving here, making sure that we were able to go taking care of everything here. Um, so that was huge. And just the last thing I want to say was, if the Lord ever tells anybody in your heart, 
go step out and do something, just do it. It doesn't matter if you feel qualified or not, because the Lord will make it happen, and it's the right thing to do. Yeah, so watching Jesus this week has been was amazing for me. He, I mess with him a lot because there are different opportunities to share with the church and different things that were going on in our lives. And he's like, come on, Jaws, I get off my back, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I wasn't so sure about Jesus before this trip, you know, trying to figure him out. This, uh, he's got a soft heart for kids. And um, the way he pursued the Argentina men, like, really impressed me. It was so good, Jesus. And um, at the end, there was another opportunity to share a testimony. I looked at him, I'm like, it's your turn, buddy. It's your turn. You got this. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not the Holy Spirit, but uh, <laughs> the Holy Spirit must have been working on him, too, because he got up, he went up and shared, and we were all in tears. Um, just the heart that he has. Appreciate you, buddy. But, um, I had a little video I wanted to share. Sarah, if, if you can put that on. Um, <clears throat> this is our room, the girl's room. Uh, you got Lacey there. And we, there were, uh, four girls from the States. And we were sharing a room with, uh, four girls from Argentina. So we were at a go to bed at 1 a.m. type schedule, laughing and, and having fellowship in and praying, sharing testimony. But this is Courtney. First night, we hadn't been there long. She's trying to get on the top bunk. And, uh, it, of course, I had to start a video because it was very entertaining. There's no ladder. Uh, the beds were a little shaky, uh, being wood. And, uh, you can hear everybody laughing and that's just, um, the vibes we had this week was just fun and laughter and teasing each other, but loving each other. And she's really struggling here. You guys, I mean, really struggling. These beds were like flimsy, right? I'm not like, I'm not going to jump on that and Lacey wouldn't let Courtney touched her bed to use it to get up because it made Lacey's bed shake. Um, so the, the sweet thing that I really want to point out here is how Courtney ends up getting on that bed. You're going to see. You're going to see. She's still struggling. Stop. Stop, Josh. Stop videoing. Like, no, I gotta see this through, Cords. Let's see you get up on this bed. And I'm not lending her hand. Uh, I'm already up. So I'm not getting back down to try to get up again. Um, so here, finally, come on, Lacey, let, just let her use your bed, try to get up. She can't do it. She can't. Jessica got up. She's happy. Look and see what happens. This is floor. Our new best friend. She gets up on the bed, you guys. And uh, on the plane back, I was watching all my videos and I started crying when I saw that. Um,
it's my it's easier to say in Spanish. No, um, <clears throat> it just really showed the week for me. Um, watching Courtney struggle. <laughs> no, really though, the way that we bonded right away with the people in Argentina, um, it's priceless. And the, these are relationships I feel will continue on. Uh, we've already been texting quite a bit yesterday and today, and the time that we got to spend with the ladies in the room was just, like I said, priceless. Um, we prayed for one another. We shared testimonies with each other and things that are still happening in these ladies' lives. Um, I know Court's going to share a little bit about one of the ladies we got to get we really got to spend a lot of time with, um, her name's Madi, and, um, she got up every day at 5.30 a.m. to make us breakfast, and, um, you know, we wanted to get up with her, but I was, uh, it was pretty early, <laughs> it's early, um, and one night she shared a testimony with us, and it was just, it was really hard to listen to the things as were going on in her life and um especially for me to translate to the girls to you know honor Marty through that was it was a challenge um but a couple of days into our trip she was complaining about her stomach and uh so I was like what's going on you know she's kind of holding it and a couple of days later hey how is how's your stomach like what do you, what happened you know and she's like well you know um until recently I never really laughed before and I feel like I maybe pulled a muscle. <laughs> so then we're laughing, and she's trying not to. But um, that, that, that was a big testimony for me, just to see the joy of the Lord come out of her was just a huge blessing. Yeah, and um, one of the verses that... Uh, she's more spiritual than I am. Um, so when uh, John Hampshire Sr. picked us up yesterday from the airport, I was just sitting there because he was like, he wants to know about the trip. And I'm just like, where the finding the words for everything that happened that week was really hard. Um, so we shared a little bit with him. But then this morning he came to us with this verse. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. And I feel like um, that it was in Psalm 102. I feel like that was the Holy Spirit working in us doing some really hard work, technical work, but we just, we had a blast, and that was the Lord. Yeah, amen. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's funny, because I feel like I've been on a lot of trips, and sometimes on trips, you you serve, and you work, and you work, and you work, and it's hard, and it's, you know, draining, and I mean, people get crabby, you're tired, you know, all these things. I've been on other trips where it's just a riot, and I mean, you're building relationships, you're doing those things. Um, going in churches and serving. Um, but this is the first trip I've been on when we are working hard and it's hard and people are tired. Um, and then, but at the same time, it was like the funnest trip because of the team and the people that were there and working with Argentines that were there. Like she said, people are just laughing. Like we probably kept people up from our ladies room because we were just cracking up till like 1 a.m. and they're probably like, we're trying to sleep, you know, and it was just an amazing, amazing trip. Um, and just a couple things specifically about Mari. I'm going to say Mari, not Mari, because it's not going to sound weird every time I say it. Mari, um, 
she, the way she served us and other ladies as well, like there was everyone in the church that came, um, they were there to serve in some way throughout the day. They had different sign-ups and different people coming for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, to clean up and set up and clean the bathrooms. And just the church body serving us, um, that alone was a testimony. But to be able to room with a couple of these ladies, and Mari specifically, and after hearing her testimony, um, just her her and her husband had just had a hard time um, basically from the beginning of their marriage. And there was a lot of violence in the home and things like that. And their daughter actually stayed in the room with us as well. Um, but hearing that and at the same time seeing her serve, that in itself is a testimony. But then hearing her on the, the day before we left, we had time together to pray and share testimonies and things. To hear her share with us how... She was there a little bit last year, and um, she served a little bit. She could see, though, that people weren't maybe, like, serving, you know, with all their heart. Or their, people were. She was kind of picking out, like, the things that people were not doing and the things that she was like, well, I'll, I guess I'll do this or, you know, to make up for that. But she said this year, the amount of work um, that was being done, that to her was a testimony because she said that she felt that she could get up early, get up at 5, 5.30 a.m., service breakfast, stay clean, prepare lunch, dinner, all day long. And it was a blessing to her because she got to go with us to the school and the therapy center and to see us serving and she, while she was still serving us because she was the driver, um, to see that she knew that's why the Lord had her there to serve and bless us so that then we can go and be a blessing to the kids and share the, the good the good news with the kids and, and just just be there as servants. And just to hear her say that as such a a young Christian, a new Christian, um, and someone that's just going through a really hard time, it was just amazing to hear um, her heart in that. And that alone, just hearing her like that, the whole trip could be just for that one person, you know, to be able to see her life change and their marriage doing well and interacting with the kids. Um, I mean, it really, really was a blessing. Um, and then lastly... And just kind of some applications for us even. The way that we serve and, and, and I think us as a church, I see this all the time. The way we serve each other, um, the way we do things in the community, the way that, um, we live out the gospel, um, to see them doing that same thing in that new church and the way they're going out and growing. I mean, it was such a blessing for the people that went last year to see what is being done still and what the Lord's doing and them even talking about what they're going to do uh, in the future. Um, I think it's a, a testimony to us to know, you know, sometimes, you know, the saying like actions speak louder than words. I mean, honestly, it really is true. The way you serve each other, the way you serve the community, um, those things happen, but then we can use, you know, the gospel and in those relationships and share the good news with people. Um, but it was just an awesome, awesome trip. And I think for me specifically, just that rejuvenation of, you know, you're in this place for a reason, right? So you guys here, we're in our workplaces, we're in our families, we're in, you know, our friend groups, we're in these places for a reason. And this is also our missions field. So, amen. Yeah, good. Amen. You're the light of the world. A city on a hill can't be hidden. Neither does anyone light a lamp and then stick it underneath a bowl or a five-gallon bucket, right? 
Instead, he puts it on a stand so that it can give light to the whole room. In the same way, Jesus says, let your good deeds shine before men so they may, sorry, in the same way, let your light shine before men so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who's in heaven. And and here here's something that we need to remember. It usually takes a while. This whole business of people seeing our good deeds and glorifying the Father, the, the influence of that light is meant to be like a lamp on a lampstand that is continually shining out light. Uh, what Jesus is talking about here is imagery is not a flash of lightning that's so super impressive and makes everybody go, wow, or you fire a firework up and it goes, wow, boom, and catches everyone's attention. His imagery is a candle or a little oil lamp that's on a table and it brings light to the area around it all the time. And you know what? That's an ongoing job. It takes work and it takes some time for that to happen. And and I want to use a metaphor from our trip just to speak about our lives and, and how we are that light. It's bucket after bucket after bucket after bucket after bucket of living a lifestyle that serves and helps the people around us, that does good even to those who may have hurt us, and that shines the light of Jesus to the people around us. It's things Mari is doing in the kitchen that enable ministry to be happening at a daycare center. It's people coming and bringing meat to cook for everyone else. It's the people who are washing the paintbrushes, not just the artist who puts it on the wall. And it's something that we do together. And sometimes that bucket after bucket is going up. Um, you know, you may be shoveling to fill the bucket and somebody else is hoisting it to get it where it needs to go. And somebody else able to give it and spread it out. Sarah, is that a hand up? I, I'm sorry, I didn't notice. I didn't notice. I was, it's about the. I was just gonna say that um, it was back about the mural. Um, you didn't translate what it said on the wall, and oh. I think that might be helpful. Would you like to do that for us? No, <laughs> I only know the person. Una familia en el amor pinta ansiedad. The color, uh-huh. uh huh. It says that a, a family in love paints a city with color. That's really, really well put. Uh, that was part of the message that we wanted to, to deliver there. Uh, and there is something about love that brings color into life, isn't there? And and so this metaphor of the buckets is is how we live out this verse from Jesus that it's day by day. It's a lot of little things, not a big grandiose thing that makes us the light of the world. And it's something we do together. Jesus is his language there. It's easy to miss in ordinary English. When he says you are the light of the world, he says y'all are, are the light of the world, right? It's plural that he's talking about. Together we are the light of the world. And sometimes it's Jocelyn shoveling the bucket and me lifting it and uh, Jesus taking it off and putting it where it needs to go, that together we are serving those around us in ways that demonstrate the love of Jesus. 
it's not just Jesus or me or Jocelyn going. Like Jesus said, it's Sarah and it's Elizabeth and it's Karen and it's Ryan and it's John and Ruth having Ryan and the kids over for dinner and all of the ways that we serve, it paints a city with color. It takes the, the buckets, the demonstration of the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ into all the earth. And, and it's just so important that as a church, we keep our eye on the ball about this. Because it's not about trying to be something different for a week than what we normally are. It's about living in the identity that God's given us in Jesus Christ in everything we do. Tomorrow morning, a lot of us are headed to work. You're going to be that same light, Courtney, that you have been. And, and it doesn't matter whether it's in Argentina or in the school in Highland. You're the light of the world. And each of us in the places God positions us, we're living it. We're doing it. Don't imagine that you're the only one. Don't think to yourself that just because you're working in the kitchen, it's insignificant. You're part of this light shining so that people will know who Jesus is. And so in some sense, we say, you know, hey, it's just about being who we already are. It's just being ourselves in the new creation that Jesus has given us. And together it reveals what he looks like in our diversity, what his heart is, who he's like here in the world. Because the light of the world is not projects, it's presence. It's the incarnated presence of Jesus Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit, through his body here on earth. What I'm saying is it's the presence of Jesus in us that actually is the light that shines out. So really, it's not actually about us. It's about him. Um, Each of us would really be bragging about one another on the team and especially our brothers and sisters there and all the great things the Lord has done. And what's happening is, whether you're teaching in school in Highland, whether you're serving someone in the hospital here, whatever it is that we do, whether you're raising and teaching your own kids at home, we're bringing the presence of Jesus. So if you try to do it all on your own, man, it's exhausting. We get cranky. It's part of the difference that Mari was talking about. When she was saying, last year, I knew I should come and work. I came, the pastor asked me to, and I was working because of duty, and I was being critical of other people, how they were doing it, because I was tired. I was giving a lot. I was worn out. This year for Mari, it was worship. She didn't come because someone said she needed to be there. You can keep her away. And because she was doing it not for the Lord, but with the Lord, that's why we were hurting ourselves laughing all week long because there was joy in our serving of the Lord. Um, I'm going to, we're going to bring us in for a landing here. Just telling you about one more guy. Remember that you guys all noticed the pictures of the side of beef, uh, on the, on the grill, right? Um, let me draw your attention off of the food onto the guy who was in the picture. Sarah, if you wouldn't mind popping that back up for us. Um, because this is Daniel Cabrera and, and Daniel, uh, six months ago, it was when he came to the Lord. And it's one of the things that is maybe a little surprising because Argentina is culturally largely Roman Catholic. It's in many ways, it's kind of hard to find folks who haven't heard some things about Jesus, haven't grown up with some familiarity with the Bible, even more for Daniel, because uh, I know members of his family who are strong, committed Christians. Uh, he's a cousin of, of of folks who are good friends and strong, committed Christians. But he managed to stay away from church very determinedly while he was growing up and in his adult life. 
But six months ago, he committed his life to following Jesus. And he and his wife, Louisa, live about 40 miles away from the town where we were working. And and we, we had conversations. He hasn't even heard Bible verses like the one we just read this morning that are so familiar to so many of us. And this was a huge week in Daniel's life and his relationship with the Lord. Do you know, it just happens that Daniel runs a construction company. He was one of the two guys involved in the work that operates a construction company. And he was a huge part of the success of the roofing project. Uh, for one thing, he knew what to do. We have a bunch of willing workers, but you need an expert. You need somebody who knows what they're doing to make sure that the water runs the right direction. Do you know water always runs down? And so you need to have down by the drain. And, and he was so good at making sure we got that right. Uh, he brought the equipment, like the concrete mixer, there. And he was able to arrange for all of the building materials to be bought at distributor's cost. Saved about 50% on the cost of the materials for the project. Um, but even more, he brought along his adopted stepson. Uh, and Narwhal has not had anything to do with church. Even less than his dad and his step and his mom. And, and he came the first day. Uh, he's in his 20s, great worker. Uh, he was the concrete mix master, and everybody knew if he's there, nobody else is going to try to mess around with the mix because he's on. And, and he came the first day because his dad needed help. He said he came back the next day because he wanted to be around this group of people. Um, and come the end of the week, he described that uh, he's never seen people serve so selflessly. He said, and it was so different. Uh, he described it in comparison to a world that's full of egoism, that there would be selfless people serving like this. Uh, his dad, Daniel, had planned to be there Saturday and Sunday. Those were the days he could push other jobs out of the way, focus in, commit, get us off on the right foot and get us started so that we could, you know, not screw it up too bad after he couldn't be there on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on. Um, Sunday, Sunday when we finished, we hadn't been able to quite get it to where the schedule said we ought to be to keep things going. And, uh, lo and be, and he wasn't coming back Monday, guys. So we're like, well, okay, we're gonna have to figure this out. Eight o'clock Monday morning, uh, we got a phone call. He was in his truck. He was on his way. He was coming because he had asked the Lord Sunday night. He said, God, I want to be there. I want to be part of this. I want to be able to serve you. I want to, I don't want to miss what you're doing there. God, could you help me first thing Monday morning to get my two other jobs lined up and get going? He got up super early and he was able to get both those jobs rolling with other guys. And he thanked the Lord and hopped in his truck with the concrete mixer in the back and hauled it back out to Mercedes and it worked with us the whole day. The reason he's in this picture was again, couldn't keep him away. Um, he decided the Thursday night, our last night together, he said, no, the whole church needs to come together. And what brings the whole church together is a barbecue. And I want to do that. And he got the cow and he sponsored it largely. I mean, it was his own initiative. He said, I want to give. I want to, you know, it's been great serving, but we need to pull this together. And we realized even though we had finished all the work, we weren't actually done. Because God had something more in the relationships and the gathering of folks together. And just like you said, it was worth it just for Mari that week. 
We could say the same thing for Daniel and for Miguel and for so many individuals and others who was there. Because for Daniel, this was where the life of Christ in the community became real for him. And it was like Nicodemus, sorry, it was like Zacchaeus opening his house and throwing a party. He brought, he didn't, couldn't have us all over to his house. So he brought the party to the whole church. Uh, and the word went out around the church and more and more people came because it hadn't been planned to have an everybody come party. We had enough food for, you know, the folks who'd been mostly workers and so many folks from the church came. Everybody's hanging out on the patio and hanging out because an Argentine barbecue, you slow cook. It's like four hours over the, over the, over the, the meat over the fire at low temperature. It's, it's good. Um, you want to come next year. You want to come next year. I'm telling you. Um, but they, so many people came that there wasn't going to be enough food. And so at the table where Jesus was were a bunch of the guys who'd been working their tails off all week. And one of the ladies said, Hey, you know, there's there's so many others from the church are coming. They're not going to have enough food. And you tell the story, man. Oh, well, I just heard her say there's not enough guys. You guys hold the money. You need to give some up. And then I actually didn't want to like, there's a lot of, I didn't want to embarrass them or make them feel like they're not enough. So I followed the lady inside and I said, can I help? She said, no, no, no. Just go. We, we have enough. You know, they, they just all dug in and there wasn't, there was no spirit of, Hey, I've already done my part. It's like everybody's all in all the time. And, and guys, when we live like that, we have freedom. We have life. We have joy. In some, in some ways, I think there's nothing harder than half serving the Lord. Because you're trying so hard to do what God wants, but you're hanging on tight to things you're afraid he's going to ask you to give up. And it's just just a hard place for your heart. I want to urge you, don't try to half serve the Lord. Don't try to give him just enough. Give him everything. We saw our brothers and sisters doing that. I mean, it's easy to say, oh, we were the ones who traveled and so on. But we watched him day after day after day. And we said, they're the example to us. That's how we want to live when we come home. And I want to urge that for all of us. You're the light of the world. City on a hill can't be hidden. And everything we're doing, let's give 100% to the Lord. And he'll use all the the ways that we're broken in certain places and we feel limited and we just feel like we don't have enough. He can do so much with what he's already given us. We don't have to wait for more. He's already giving us enough. This little church that started two years ago already has two branches where they're reaching out into other towns with home Bible studies and groups. One of them is in Daniel's house. And so we can do it. We can do it. Anything else you guys want to add? Thanks, guys. It's good to hear um, what God was doing this past week and a half. We've been praying for you guys and see, excited to hear, to hear what God was going to do. Um, you know, I want to want to end um, today with uh, taking communion together. Um, so why don't we all stand up together and the guys and folks, anybody who's going to pass those out, you can pass out the communion. Um, John reminded us that we are the light of the world. 
and we're going to come to communion, I just want to remind us that Jesus also said that that he is the light of the world, right? Um, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So we're the light of the world because Jesus is the light of the world, and we have joined with him, you know, and so communion is this, is this symbol of him actually being inside of us, right? We take the bread, we take the, the, the juice, um, and and we, why don't we, you guys can pass it out. We're going to just take a few minutes. Why don't we, we can be asking the Lord this this time, just, you know, Lord, how can I be light this week? What is it that, you know, you have for me? Um, small ways, right? Candle, that's small. It's steady. It's faithfulness. It's um, being that light in small ways. Wherever we're at, whatever we're doing this week, how are we um, being called into being this light of the world? Because Jesus is the light. Because of what he's done, we can also be light.